and welcome to the Loose Forward Podcast. I'm Andy. And I'm Callum. And we're all about Rugby League. The M62 and beyond. Good evening. Evening. <sighs> it's all over. Done and dusted, isn't it? Feels sad now. I know we've got internationals. Well, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even that's sad in a way, isn't it? Yeah. I'm just not watching on purpose. Yeah. Well, let's, you know, let's not get down about it. No, be back before you know it. Yeah. So, what's the plan? Is this is this our our last episode for a few weeks? I think so. Okay. So, I think the plan is is that we're going to do an episode um, mid November and one mid December. Yeah, there and thereabouts. By the yeah. time mid January comes. Be in the we'll build be back up on because we'll be in the build up for the season, but we can keep going in there, can't we? In the meantime, I believe you're going to have a little bit of time off and watch some rugby union. No, and the T Twenty Cricket World Cup. I watch that. Yeah, but not the rugby union. No. Okay, just checking. Just checking. That's not why we're finishing the podcast for a few weeks. Going to do my rugby union podcast. <laughs> What's that called? Uh... Leggings are in. <laughs> Leggings are in. <laughs> Rook touch, on. Touch, Rook on. The touch, touch judges jacket. Because the touch judges can wear jackets, can't they? Yeah, they wear. They, and they wear like yeah, they wear tracky bottom. No, do they wear tracky bottom? They might wear tracky bottom. They might wear like tracksuits. I think they do because it get a bit cold. That's a bit. I'm surprised the wingers don't wear tracksuits. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway, what's on tonight then? Uh, well, we've got our um, end of season reviews, haven't we, for each team. We're going to go through each team and mark, review their season. And, mark them out of ten. Yeah. My scores are really harsh, you know. So I feel like mine are quite harsh. Takes a lot to impress the LFP. Yeah. Yeah, there's only really two teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it's probably right. Well, yeah, so... But yeah, uh, we're going to go through each team's season and, and give them a score out of 10. Yep. Even though you wanted to do it out of 30 for some reason. Because it was different. Right, okay. Well, if it was 30, Lee would still be zero. So. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler. Not times three. Yeah. <laughs> What's three times zero? <laughs> three times zero equals Derek Beaumont. <laughs> Um, uh, and then we've got, uh, we're joined by Gray for a short while, aren't we? Yes. Giving us his thoughts of the season, mainly because, obviously, with Saints winning Super League, he's like won the Super Fan of the Year contest for the for the pod, hasn't he? Fair so enough, he's, yeah. So he's back on, yeah. Fair enough. So, um, if, if you're a guest and you want to get on the end of season pod, your team needs to do better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Johnny, yeah. Offbeat, all the rest of you, yeah. Yeah. So, Jordan. yeah, we're speaking to yep. Gray a little bit about his end of season stuff and his final thoughts on the season. Um, and then we're, we're going to run through our winter plans, if you like, aren't we, about what we, we're trying to aim for next yeah. season and, and obviously want to hear people's thoughts and, and try and get more people on and whatnot. So yeah. just have a quick run through them as well. Exactly. Yeah, that's, no, that's quite right. So should we start with the review? Let's. Let's start with the review, and let's start... I think we'll go alphabetically. Okay. So, 
Castleford. A, B, C, yeah. Yeah. Castleford. So, um, Castleford, this season, um, I'd like to start... I think I'd like to start each team with who they brought in as well. Okay. Because I think um, there's been some good buys by some good teams. Mm. They were at nine levels. Um, they've brought in that Sue Mitagi, even though it was only a loan. Jordan Turner and a lad called Lewis Bynek or B-neck. Okay. I've never heard of. Yeah, nine levels was the standout um, signing, I think, there. Yeah, definitely. The way, the way it turned out. Definitely, and- but Jordan Turner had a great season. He did. He did. And they started <laughs> off really well. Yeah. They started off really well. They stuttered mid-season, and I wonder whether the Challenge Cup run had something to do with that. I wonder whether their season was hindered by the Daryl Powell news coming out so early. That all, I thought that all the way through the season. I've always thought that about coaches um, in any sport when they say that they're leaving. It's it to me. It seems an odd one because I don't think then the players think. Well, I've not got to impress him now. I've got mm. to impress somebody else. Yeah, exactly. You know when they were they had sort of the last game of the season for me. Some their season up. They needed to win to get to the playoffs and failed miserably. They weren't very good league wise. Um, obviously missed the playoffs, um, but. Challenge Cup final place. Yeah, and in the final were well undone by they were they were a little bit unlucky at times, mm. and Saints were excellent at times. Yeah, um, so I, I wonder if that has something to do with the way that they dropped off and the focus became more on the Challenge Cup for um, a while. Possibly. Um, what I did find disappointing was that. They would put themselves then. They had some really good away wins towards the end of the season. They went. Uh, they went to Saints. They went to Warrington. Um, they beat both of them away after the Challenge Cup. Mm. Put themselves in a real position to make the playoffs, mm. and then lost the last two games. Yeah, yeah, against all KR and, and Warrington, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Just left themselves too much to do, really, in the end, and and. You know, the form that they've been in over the last five or six games, they definitely, definitely could have won them last two as well. I think that's what they'll find more disappointing, I think. Yeah. Particularly now they're losing Daryl Powell, who's been a mainstay. Mm-hmm. And also, I think a big influence that they'll miss will be Michael Shenton as well. Yeah, massively, yeah. Um, so, I think overall, I think a, a, a pretty disappointing season. Mm-hmm. But now, it looks like, you know, Lee Radford's coming in. And he's building a squad already. Yeah. And that looks like that might be taking some decent shape for next year. Yeah, they've made some good signings already. But um, um, Yeah. So, But yeah, the future is looking pretty bright, I think, at, at Cass. Or I think Cass fans have every right to be very optimistic. So Yeah. So your score for Castleford for 2021 is? Six. I'd give them a six as well. I think it's... <clears throat> I think league-wise, pretty poor. Had a few decent wins and obviously just fell short of the final hurdle in the Challenge Cup. So I've given them a six. I would have given them a five, I think, but I've given them a six because of the Challenge yeah, Cup. Yeah, that's, that's what I based my six on, yeah. Okay. Catalan Dragons. 
Well, an historic season for the Dragons, wasn't it? First league leaders, Shield first, grand final place, uh, brought in Gil Dudson, Mike McMeekin and Dean Ware. Um, I think McMeekin in particular out of them three had, had, has, has had a, a, a pretty good season. Um Played some really good rugby. Obviously, had um, an epic game against St. Ellen's in in Magic Weekend. Yeah, uh, Steve McNamara, as as we said it a couple of weeks ago, didn't we come in and, and really change the culture at the club? Um, they've got the likes of Arthur Morg bursting through. Benjamin Garcia looks better every year. I don't think that we should underestimate the job that McNamara has done there. No, because. Not in terms of the culture, I'm talking about the culture. Mm. Because for years and years, they've been um, a playground for NRL players who've wanted to come over somewhere to Super League, get a get a, a last couple of years contract, and then, like you've said before, you've mentioned it, too much cheese and wine, lived on the beach. Yeah. Dave Taylor. <laughs> but I think the, what we shouldn't do is underestimate the influence that um, McNamara has had in blending together um, the French players, the Super League players, the Australian players, and he's made it work. Yeah. And I think that's been, I think that's real testament to, to his skills as a uh, as a man manager. Well, they brought in the right players as well. I think you only have to look at, at James Maloney and what he's done and, you know, said last week he could, looks like he could go on for another two years, three years. Um, so when you bring them sort of people in who are used to winning and and are just ultimate competitors, it's yeah a little bit easier, isn't it? Well, they won the league leader shield for the first time in their history. Yeah, uh, they had the man of steel in their ranks. Yeah, Sam Tompkins, um, and they had probably the most memorable game of the season uh, when they came back to defeat St Helens at Magic Weekend. Yeah, yeah, and got to the grand final. Um, so all in all, I think, I think what remains to be seen for Catalans is, I, I think particularly the, the the loss of Maloney next year and how they will cope with that. Whether they can stay yeah. that force and whether Tomkins can reach that sort of level of play again. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's it's important for them now to carry on with all the good work that they've done and, and not let it unravel. Yeah. So for this year. You've given Catalan Dragons a... Nine out of ten. I've given them a nine. <laughs> uh, right. We haven't seen these, no, have we? we no, we haven't. This first time we're reading them out. But I've, um, I've, I've given them a nine. I just think that, obviously... I mean, yes, they won the league leaders' shield, but ultimately, um, or unfortunately, it doesn't mean a lot these days. Um, and... Didn't really have a challenge cut run. Like I say, they've, they've done really well to do what they've done, but um, pretty much a trophyless season. Yeah. Right. We're off to West Yorkshire next. We are. Huddersfield. Ugh. And they have brought in Jack Ashworth, Jack Cogger, Ricky Lutelli, Josh Jones, and Ashall Bott. Um, 
none of which have been a rip-roaring success during 2021, have they? No, I mean, the expectations for Huddersfield for this season, I think, were so high. And it was such a disappointment. They were they were second bottom for most of the season. They ended up finishing ninth, which is still abysmal, really, for the, the squad that they had. And yeah, they wouldn't have even made the old-style mediocre top eight playoffs. No, exactly. So... I, I I think it all went wrong for them when you predicted them to finish second, and they hadn't even played a game then. Yeah, so what I do find, I'm obviously they've been disappointing. What I do find interesting now is that the um sort of memo coming out of Huddersfield is that it wasn't about 2021 because it wasn't Ian Watson's squad, mm. and he shouldn't be judged on that. And now he's putting his his squad together. Which I, which I now find quite interesting in the fact that, okay, um, so what was 2021 about then? It's almost like the Bulldogs in Australia, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, well, we're looking at next year. Yeah. They, I mean, they had a few injuries, um, but now they've lost Aidan Caesar. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, got a, they've, got a few, they've got some good young players, people like Will Price that they'll be looking for from a lot for next year. Yeah. Um, and they've got players now that Ian Watson has worked with before. Uh, Lola here has come in. Yeah. Farge has come in. Mm-hmm. So I see where people are, are making this assumption that it's a long-term plan and he's making his squad. Uh, yeah, I'm not, no, you know, not disputing that they will get, you know, next, I mean, next season can't go much worse for him. No, but, but you can't argue with the fact that they were so so poor no exactly this season. it's alright saying well it's not his squad I'm not being funny but you were turd like that's, yeah and, and that's more the point you know the expectations that were there with the people that they had and the people that they'd they'd brought in that's like a football team saying well we've got relegated but it's okay because we've got a really good academy yeah and we've got young players coming through in the next couple of years yeah that doesn't help no, it was, it was rubbish. It, you know, like I said before, the expectations that were on them, and then they ended up missing the playoffs. They had no Challenge Cup run. I think they played Saints at, at Headingley, didn't they, in the first their first round of the Challenge Cup? And, yeah. Um, I mean, they didn't get battered, but obviously lost, and then and then finished ninth. Yeah. So all in all, a poor season. So, so out of ten. Well, on the on the scale of. Um, Expectation versus reality. Mm. I've given them a three. Okay, I've given them a four. That's generous. Just because I thought they were a little bit better towards the back end of the season. I've given them a three because I predicted them to come second and I was a bit miffed in the end. Made me look silly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Fool me once. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, On to Hull, staying in Yorkshire. Onto Hull FC. Um, the word I've got down for Hull FC is slumped. I just put massive fade out. Same thing, really, isn't it? Yeah. Just that mine's a posher word. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not very posh. Yeah. Slumped. Yeah. Slumped. Pack it in with the big words, mate. Say it how it is. <laughs> it went tits up. <laughs> What a classic line that is. Isn't it's it? good, that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah brilliant. Um, 
I don't know which will be. I don't know what's most disappointing or annoying for Hull FC fans. Mm. Um, is it the fact that they finished below Hull KR? Is it the fact that they lost nine out of the last ten when they were looking like a top four team? Is it that? Is it that people like Josh Reynolds didn't have the impact that they thought he might have? Is it that the players that had these... We've seen these collapses from Hull before when Lee Radford was in charge. Mm. And now we're seeing them now Brett Hodgson's in charge. That That's not really changed as a, as a culture for Hull FC. No. I mean, the only person they brought in was Josh Reynolds. So there was massive expectations. Which, which goes back to my point about the same players doing the same things. Yeah, on Josh Reynolds himself, you know. I, I don't know if he, he... Was he a marquee signing? I don't know if he was actually a marquee signing, Not but sure. he was almost a marquee signing in, and then in he terms was in, of his stature yeah. and stuff, isn't it? And then he was injured for a spell, wasn't he? Yeah, so, you know, he hasn't had the best season, but he's still got plenty of rugby league in him, hasn't he? Yeah, oh yeah. <clears throat> You know, Brett Hodgson's first season in charge of any team. Uh, you know, so rookie head coach. Jake Connor's always a funny one, isn't he? It just doesn't seem to be quite at the level of, say, Sam Tompkins. Um, he gets a lot of plaudits. Yeah. Paul FC seem to put a lot of eggs in that Connor basket, so to speak. Yeah. I, and I, I don't know what it, he's got, but he's got to find a way to take his game up a level. You know, I don't know whether it's his attitude and uh, not so much his attitude, but he, he's always involved in the little niggly bits, isn't he? Or, yeah, he does. He does. Or, looking at it another way, does he carry too much burden in the team? Does he carry too much responsibility for, for dragging Hull FC through? Possibly. Possibly. I mean, there's no doubt he's, a, he's an absolute talent and, and I think he could be the best fullback in the league. Cause, no question. Because when you look at the halfback partnership that they started off with, with mm. Sneed and Reynolds, that mm. looks you know, top class. Yeah. And I don't really think that's, that's... I wouldn't say gelled because Reynolds has been injured at times and I don't think Sneed's had the best season he's, he's had in his career. No, but I don't think when Reynolds has played he's been very good. No. Um, I, I can see... I can see there has to be, for the, for Hull to progress, I can see there has to be big changes yeah. in, the, in the place. It's almost a, a, a culture thing again. It's, so it's yeah. similar to the Catalan thing. I'm not saying that players are going there and eating too much fish and chips or whatever. <laughs> 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 too much fish. Yeah. That, that'll make them better though, I think, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. But, but do you know what I mean? Like the, I do know what you mean, it, yeah. It's almost like... For me, Hull are uh, one of the biggest teams in in the country. So it's they, they have to think like that, and I'm not saying that they don't, but there has to be this thing. It doesn't feel like it's like you're playing for Hull now, mate. We're here to win trophies. Yes, the, like it does at Wigan or yeah. St Helens or, or and the, and Warrington, the, even. And because the, Leeds, a, I know that like they had Challenge Cup success, and yeah. that should really breed that winning culture. Exactly, it doesn't seem to have done no. for a number of years now. No, it doesn't. You know, they've not reached the grand final since what was two thousand and six. Yeah. So, and they should have. I think you know a team that size mm. should have at least made the grand final in the last in the last fifteen years. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, even Salford have done it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. No, I, you know, and, and even Catalan. 
Yeah. But again, with Catalan, they, they've worked at it. Yeah. And that's what Hull need to do, in my opinion. A lot of um, similar things you could say about the last two teams we've talked about, Hull and Huddersfield. Yeah. Long term with the coaches, the players not really kicked on enough. Yeah. If I if I was a Hull fan, I, I would be extremely disappointed and extremely angry with the way this season's yeah. gone, I think. Well, the season seemed to have finished when they won the derby. Yeah. And yet, that sort of put them on track for making the top four, top, uh, top five, six, yeah. sorry, if we're on this season. I don't even think even it was track. six. I think you're right. I think it was top four they were on track for from I, much I of the season. But, but basically, they won that and it's like, right, well, these are going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, because they were saying, oh, you know, there's that picture with Jake Connor kissing the badge and that after the down. He's like, Jake Connor kissing goodbye to, oh, he's blowing a kiss at the camera, I think yeah. it was. And he's like, all oh, the whole fans saying to the Rovers fans, he's kissed your playoff hopes goodbye and stuff. And then they mm-hmm. just imploded after that. I mean, to lose nine out of the last ten for a team that size. I've said to you for a long time that Super League needs a strong hull. Yeah. And, I've, and I firmly believe that. I agree. No, I agree. But, you know, they, they had, like you said, they had a bright start, imploded, missed the playoffs, finished eighth, managed a Challenge Cup semi-final. So, yeah. I've given them a... Five out of ten. Well, I was that disappointed in Hull. Um, I've given them a three, same as Huddersfield, because I thought there was a lot of similar traits. Mm. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just think they had a, a, a decent start. I suppose it doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish, isn't it? There's a song for that, I think. Is there? It's not how you start, it's how you finish. <laughs> you don't know that? No. It's from a musical. It's from, is it from Cabaret? I think it was Liza Minnelli. I don't know. Sure. Sounds like you do now. <laughs> I'm trying to just have some street cred. Right. I, I might be it's wrong. gone now. Yeah, I was kidding. Fair now. enough, yeah. Well, that's Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Hull KR. Yeah, well, made quite a few signings. Uh, Albert Verte, Ryan Hall, Corbin Sims, Brad Takarangi. Lewis Johnson and Ruiz Mustafa. And, I mean, they had a great season, really. Albert Vette looks good. I like Albert Vette. Ryan Hall found his... It was like Ryan Hall of old, wasn't it? I think he was top try scorer for for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, Corbin Sims, has, has, I think, has had an up-and-down season, struggled with injuries. Uh, I like Brad Takarangi. I, I, I think he's a real versatile player he can play anywhere centre second row even in the halves I think he's been really important to them mm. I think where the real credit goes there I think just on the signings and stuff um, Tony Smith's really improved the likes of um, Lawler King mm. Abdul mm. Um, and then got the most out of the overseas players Yeah, um, like Takarangi Sean Kenny Dowell, I thought, had a really good season yeah. for them. Um, Kane Lynette. Yeah. So I think they've had some good, some overseas players. And um, uh, Tony Smith's glued that all together really well. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and and they play the style of rugby league that every fan wants their club to play. Yeah. Just heads Do- up, off the cuff. Yeah. You know. Entertaining rugby league. Yeah. If did, it's there, try it. Did you know? Well... I, I mean, I I never understand sometimes it, if you've got an overlap, 
10 metres from your own line, mm. use it. Yeah. And they it doesn't make any difference whether you're doing that from 40, 40 metres from the try line or 10 metres from your own line. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think I, I think um, Mikey Lewis as well looks really good. Yeah, really good prospect. Uh, you know, we talk about him getting the best out of players. He, he seems to have taken his game to another level. Yeah. Uh, finished sixth, managed to get to a prelim final uh, against Catalan. I think injuries caught up with them a little bit in the end. They had a few players out, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, they had a really good win in the, the first round of the playoffs Yeah, at Warrington. Mm-hmm. Um, 19-0 which yeah. was an excellent result. And then I don't agree, we've said before on the pod when we reviewed the semis, I don't agree with the one game too far situation. Um, I just thought they didn't play very well in the semis at all and couldn't keep hold of the ball. Mm. And I think perhaps did nerves get the better of them? You know, did they start believing a little bit of their own hype about, you know, what a chance they had? Uh, but either way, either way, it's their, did you know it was their highest finish since 2009? Right. So, right. Um, I think the the interesting question is for Hull KR, and the next few months we'll see it. But I think it's like you know where now. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, how do you top that? So how do you go better now? With you know, after the season they bad, how do they get to that that next step? Well, the reason I, the reason I say that as well is because you would expect, for example you would expect Saints and Catalan to re, uh, to remain really strong. Mm-hmm. And then I would also expect Wigan, Warrington, Hull, Leeds and Castleford and possibly Wakefield and Huddersfield all to improve. Yeah. So because of that, that then begs the question, when we're back to Hull KR, where, how, if all those teams improve, they've got to as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but for this season, um, I think they've, they've had a really good season. Um, and I didn't really expect them to, to, to do any of that. I, I thought they were going to finish second bottom, if not bottom. Yeah. Um, so I've given them an eight. I've given them a seven point five. Okay. Okay. Which is probably a bit harsh. It should probably have been an eight, really. But that's what I've given them. Yeah. No. I. I. <clears throat> I think. Um, I think they've had a really good season, and I think it's because I didn't expect them to to do that much, really. Yeah. So. Now it, okay. Now here's an interesting one. Mm. Leeds Rhinos. Yeah. Um. Only bringing in Zane Tetavano and King Vuni Yayawa. Jeez, for you to say. It wasn't. I was up all night practising that. <laughs> and Jordan will tell me I've said it wrong. Yeah, probably. Um, or spelt it wrong, like the RFL did with their team announcement for England. <laughs> Mikolaj Lezedski, something, wasn't it? <laughs> something like that, yeah. That's pretty poor, isn't it? Yeah, it weren't good, that. That's proper Mike Bassett. Who are Benson and Edges, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I haven't wrote them down. <laughs> All right, Edges, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> um, they had a lot of injuries. Yeah. And it looked for a while like they were going to finish well outside of the top six. Yeah, managed to, to pull themselves together. 
Um, I finished fifth in the end. Got to the the prelim final after beating Wigan as well. Uh, was it eight nil? Yeah, same as um, Hull KR. They ended up eighteen minutes from Old Trafford. Yeah, which I wouldn't have believed it. Well, you could say that they ended up uh, one COVID case away from Old Trafford because <laughs> yeah. they were on standby, apparently, weren't they? Apparently, yeah. Embarrassing. How does that? That's proper rugby league, isn't it? Isn't it? We can. Well, we can delay it. We can. No, 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 no. Just get leads. Just in. Get leads. In. Why? Right. Why leads and not Hull KR? Probably because they finished higher in the league. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Finished fifth and sixth, didn't they? Yeah. So, I mean, they had some terrible spells, and I, even in the you know the likes when they played Wigan in the playoffs, it wasn't a good game. It wasn't a nice game to watch. I don't think. No. Attacking wise, it was terrible, um, and then when they played an actual team, they got pummeled. Yeah. What I find interesting about this, they really they dragged themselves up by the bootlaces. They beat Wigan away, Warrington away, mm. Hull away. Mm. Really dragged themselves up. In actual fact, and I remember they, they threw a couple of games away against Catalans. Yeah, they were winning those games and ended up on the wrong side. And they only ended up four wins away from second place. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, weird, isn't it? Which, well, that is weird. And I know we had percentages and this, that and the other, which, which sort of, I think, skews some of the, the facts, yeah. I think, with some the league them, table. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for them to end up four wins away after the season they had from second place, mm. could have been talking a, a whole different scenario here for Leeds Rhinos yeah definitely and I, and I think they're in the middle of a rebuild and, and you know some of the signings that have already announced for next season um, which I'm sure we'll get on to in the build up um, the new season but they are in a rebuild no doubt I don't think that they're in a rebuild but with but, the way that they finished yeah. and the signings that they've got yeah, I ex- I expect big things from them yeah definitely year. definitely but you know they've gone from 2020 they've gone from challenge cup winners to well nothing i might like but in a really poor way they've had i think they've had a really poor season really do you, do you think i should put the curse of the second place prediction on them for next year yeah okay well I'll, I'll think about it yeah um but yeah but like you're right they've signed bentley they've signed caesar Signed they've David Fusatua this week. Yeah, they've signed Austin. Yeah. Um, so they, they've really, uh, I, I think, we've said it before, the team's... Uh, Managed the, to keep hold of Matt Pryor as well, which yeah. is a huge coup for them. Um, I think the fans will be really excited. I think so. I think so as well. Um, but this season, I just thought they were... I mean, the old league, really, bar Saints and Catalan, has been pretty rubbish. Mm. Um. And I think you only, for me, you only have to really look at that that playoff match against Wigan and, yeah. and how dull it was. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that they've managed to not scrape into the playoffs, but like you say, pull themselves into the playoffs with some really good wins and and be eighty minutes away from Old Trafford, um, you know, credit to them. Uh, but I've given them a six. I give them a six because I'm not quite sure they got themselves in that position. Yeah, I think that's that's the reason I give it them. Yeah. So, um, right, Lee. Well, well, they've brought him. Tell you they brought him for this season. Jamie Ellis, Ryan Briley, um, 
Nathaniel Petteru, Adam Sidlow, Joe Meller, Matty Russell, Blake Wallace, Ben Flower, Lewis Tierney and James Bell. And it wasn't enough in the end, was it? No. I mean, most of them were Toronto Wolfpack rejects. Mm. Well, not rejects, but... From Toronto. Yeah, from Toronto, so... I mean, they stepped in. Um, They managed to beat Wakefield and Salford. Mm. Um, What I found disappointing is they didn't push anybody else to get dragged in that relegation fight, and really, after half a dozen games, it was obvious that the writing was on the wall and there was only one team going down. Yeah. Well, I can't say the word that I wrote down, but I'll just show you. (laughs) Um... But then, you know, they sacked John Duffy um, and, and there was all that that with him and Derek Beaumont's rant throughout the season about them, it, towards the end, wasn't it, about them, you know, not performing and he's told them off and he didn't agree with some of the opinions that some of the players had and that can't help. And then, I mean, they were already dead and buried by them, but it's obviously been going on behind the scenes for quite a while, hasn't it? Yes. So they, they finished bottom... Won two games. They didn't look better. They didn't, I didn't, didn't think they looked any better come the end of the season than they did at the start. They well, probably looked the, worse. They didn't. The results said so. They looked worse. Yeah. You know, at least they pushed Wigan in the first half of that first game. <laughs> that was the uh, highlight of the season. Wasn't it? Playing on that adrenaline, I think. Like yeah. That, yeah. And, and at the end of the day, I did nothing whatsoever to Super League. No. So... And, you know, I know it's a difficult one to, to say, in effect, really, but I hope, I, I do hope that somebody else comes up next year on the championship, other than Lee, to give it a bit more of a, again, another new team, another flavour. Yeah, no, I agree, yeah. I agree. I, I think they're in a bit of trouble for a, a couple of years then. I don't know what the contract situation is like out of going out of Super League to, to keep all of those players that they had, but... Yeah, uh, we'll we'll wait and see. Yeah, no, I agree, but they were just dire, and the dire mark reflected in that would be a uh, zero for me. Yeah, I'd give them that as well. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, worst team I've seen in Super League. Yeah, ever. Uh, I think we'll swiftly move on there to Salford. Um, you weren't much better. No, they weren't. Um, and they brought in, but but then you listen to the players that they brought in, and you think they should have been really sort of pushing for playoffs here. Morgan Escaray, Joe Burgess, Jack Wells, Harvey Levette, Declan Patton, Danny Addy, Elijah Taylor, Sebastian Ikehihifo, Oliver Roberts, Sam Luckley, and Darcy Lussix. Mm. Yeah, I did like um, Elijah Taylor. I thought he yeah. stood out for them. Yeah, I thought he was he was really good. Um, Harvey Levette, I think as well, is 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 a really good player. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, it went that bad for them that Richard Richard Marshall, um, after one season, has uh, paid the price with his job. Yeah. Don't, they haven't got a new coach so far, have they? No, they haven't. No. Um, you know, they were the really poor season after they've had two good ones, making the grand final in 2019, Challenge Cup 2020, and just completely gone backwards. Like you say, Marshall been sacked, they missed the playoffs because they finished 11th, and they're losing the ground. Yeah. That's, that's, mm, 
That's although that might not be the worst thing in the world. Long no, term. I, my only issue because they like swapping grounds, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Now that and might, it might be better for them because yeah. of location and 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 whatnot. Isn't there a fuss now about how many it holds now and doesn't meet Super League criteria? I think now? it only holds just over five thousand. Yeah, but you look at it. My issue, and that's my issue with it. It's you look at it and you think that ain't a Super League ground. You know, we're trying to show people yeah. that we are an elite sport. You look at you look at Leeds ground, what they've done to that, St. Ellen's new ground, Warrington's ground. Mm. You know, even Wakefield are talking about getting new ground. But we want to show people that we're elite sport, and at the end of the day, they're swapping grounds with somebody from League Two. Yeah, and my question then would be, how does that allow you to grow? Yeah. Yeah, how does that how does that allow you to grow? And if they do grow, how long and, is it before they have to move? And if you can't grow, yeah, then how do you then reach the top of your salary cap, for example? Exactly, exactly. You look at it; it's about five tiers back on each stand. Mm. Like it's 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 not a it's a nice ground for a certain level, yeah. but it ain't a nice ground for Super League. No, um, and I just hope that it doesn't hinder them like you say in in being able to grow yeah yeah no i totally agree um there wasn't many high spots for them and they, 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 you know at times they looked they threatened to burst out of this losing run yeah and they, they looked as though oh, actually they've got their act together they have a, they, had a, mm. they they spanked hull fc yeah they put 40 odd on hull mm. and you think oh look at that they've, they've turned it around here a bit and then the next week they've you, then they'd lose. Then they'd lose heavily to someone that you wouldn't imagine. So, no, um, didn't help at the start of the season. They lost a lot of players from uh, from two thousand and twenty, and they lost the coach as well. Obviously, yeah. But you know, you look at the players that they brought in there: Escaray, mm. Burgess, Levert, Patton, Elijah Taylor, Ikahihi, Fote, and the players that they already had there. I'm talking um, Lola here. Uh, Kev Brown, yeah, the the, the 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 they've got a you know the foundation was sort of there, but it just didn't happen for them for whatever reason. I think what doesn't help them is not having the academy set up. Yeah, no, um, I, because I then you're always going to be signing players that are either cast off from other clubs or end of the careers or whatever. You know, I'm not sure how many players that they're bringing through. Yeah. You know, young players. Yeah. And I don't think that's a recipe for success, to be honest. No, it's not. No, it's not. Um, but a poor season, like I say, after after two really, yeah. really good ones. Challenge Cup final. And the grand final. Grand final. Yeah. To 11th. Yeah. Yeah. And your mark then? Uh, one out of ten. I'd give them a one-two. Yeah. Not a one-two, a one as well. Yeah. I've given them a one, yeah. Yep, no, I, I agree. So, um, from a one to a ten, St. Helens next. Okay. Um, and they they brought in a few signings after making, I think, no signings the season before. Joel Thompson, Ignatius Parsi, Sione Matautia, and Dan Norman. And, well, couldn't really be any better for them, could it? No, I mean, we... Slated them at times for their lack of ideas in attack mm. in the games that we'd seen. Mm. I um, do think that improved when Lewis Dodd came in. 
instead of Farge. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's necessarily down to him. Uh, You know, I'm not trying to, you know, make Farge sound really bad, but maybe when he come in, Wolf and and, and the team itself had to change their game plan a little bit. Yeah. and I do think they attacked better towards the back end of the season. Yeah, and the exact opposite to what we've just been saying about Salford. Mm. The amount of homegrown players and people that have come through, when you look at the two what I call really young shining lights there, Dodd and Wellsby, mm. look like they're going to be stars in the future. Yeah. Both coming through. I mean, Wellsby's already a star, I think. Isn't yeah, he? But, already in the dream team. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. He's won player of the year, things like that at the club and stuff. So, mm. yeah, you're right. But then it's the exact opposite to Salford that we've just mentioned. Yeah. But, you know, for Def- Saints. Defensively, the best defensive team I think I've seen in Super League. Yeah. Yeah, I think helped by the fact that the rest of the league isn't very strong, but you can only play what's in front of you. Yeah, um, but they've been they've been good defensively for the last three years. So I think what's also important is they've got a coach who knows how to win big games. Yeah, who also knew to win big games with Tonga before he even came to this country. Yeah, I think when you look at his coaching record, he'd, he'd made a lot of grand finals, but fell short in quite a few of them. Yeah, um, but obviously not the case with. With St. Ellen's because he's won every final he's been in. Um, but, you know, for this year, Challenge Cup winners, Grand Final winners, second in the league, which, you know, that that was the only thing that, that, that let them down, really. Yeah. A, a treble winning season. The only thing I will say, and we're going to speak to Gray about it in, in a short while, is that these big changes ahead are that, you know, we, we, and we'll ask Gray the question about are they equipped for, um, for a four in a row? Mm. So, yeah. We'll ask that, but they have got some big changes ahead as well. Yeah. So, out of ten? Um, nine and a half. Ten. Okay. I only give them nine and a half and not winning the league leaders' shield. I don't think it matters. No. It doesn't mean a lot nowadays, but... And I'd give them nine and a half because some of the style at certain points of the season wasn't... No, I think... You know, it just... But you can't argue with the results. They won every big game they played in. Yeah, and you can't argue with the results. So, that leads us on to Wakefield, which is another odd one. Yeah, very odd one. See, at one point, I thought they were going to get dragged into the relegation fight. I did. If, if Leeds had been any better, they would have done. Mm, I did. Um, I think for them, they, well, they brought in Mason Lino and Eddie Batty, and I think Mason Lino was excellent. Yeah. Really, really impressed me and really enjoyed watching him play. Do you know he had the highest percentage, successful percentage of um, conversions, penalty Penalty goals. Did he? Yeah. He really impressed me. I think he was at 89% and Maloney at 88. Right. He really impressed me. I thought he looked really good. And if they can keep hold of him, they'll, they'll do well. If they can... Because he's not very old, I don't think. I don't know how old he is, but I would still say mm. early to mid-20s. If they can base a, a team around him for the next couple of years, they'll yeah. go well, I think. Yeah. Um, but obviously, uh, another coach that lost his job, Chris Chester, got sacked, didn't he? And, and I think, again, similar thing to Hull. The players... Didn't put a you know didn't put performances in for Chris Chester. The same players then won five out of the last six, whatever it was, under Willie Poaching. Well, there was a big. I remember. I think it was Joe Westerman come out didn't he, and said like, "No, we really do believe in Chris Chester, and yeah. we, you know we we are trying." But all all well, of a sudden, Willie Poaching comes in and they win. What was it, five out of six or it, something? It, including beating three of the top three of the top six as well. They beat Warrington, Hull, KR, Leeds. You know. And that just doesn't make any sense to me. No, I think they've got the base of a good team there. Well, and then you look forward, they've signed uh, Gaskell, Lynham, Liam Hood. 
So they've got um, you know they, they've got aspirations. That's for sure for next season. Yeah, uh, be interesting to see whether they can continue that vein of form under Willie Poach. Yeah, that, yeah. They, that they finished off with. No, yeah, I agree. Um, didn't expect too much from them anyway, and and really impressed me. You know, when when Poaching took over, um, and, and I expect more from them next season. Now I think, yeah. Uh, but for this season, I've given them a five. I'd give them a four. Okay. Because, like I said, I don't. I think some of the performances with some of the the players' efforts, I think, were mm. um, woeful. I think. Yeah. Um. Off to Warrington next, and <laughs> they brought in. Robbie Mulhern, Rob Butler, and Greg Inglis. And they also brought in George Williams. Yes, later on in the season. season And then they also lost Greg Inglis as well, like after four games. Yeah. Um. No. (laughs) But for Warrington... Well, that made me laugh in the first place because they were like, you've been here since Christmas, and they were like, you'd be ready for about round five. Yeah. How long do you need? Been out for three years or whatever it was. He didn't like. He, he yeah. only played two games, I think, didn't he? Um, yeah, something like that. Two, or two and a half or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But waste well, that, of time. That didn't help them, though. No. no, that didn't help them in any any way. No, that that focus on that didn't help them. No, um, he was a waste of time. But the Williams signing um, was a good. It was an excellent signing, and Gareth Widdop really impressed me after thinking. I was thinking that he was going to be absolutely dire because he wanted to go home and I thought he was going to sulk. Uh, but then ended up nearly winning Man of Steel. So. Yeah. yeah. And um, Jake Mamo was a, an excellent signing for them. Mm. Uh, an excellent breath of fresh air for them, really, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and, and Toby King as well signed, you know, kept hold of him. and Yeah. Yeah, he had eventually. a really good season. Yeah, eventually. He had a really good season as well. Yeah. Um, obviously, Steve Price is going... They finished third in the league. They didn't they, really have a Challenge Cup run, and ultimately well, they got to the, didn't they get to the semis? Uh, oh yeah, sorry, yeah, they, they got did. Beat yeah, off they Castleford, got beat off Castle. They got to the Challenge Cup semi final. Sorry, and they were the only team to beat the top two in the league. Yeah, and looking at one point as though they could finish top two. Yeah, I mean it was yeah. even when even when they, they beat Castleford and, and going into the playoffs, you were thinking, these could these could win it. Mm. These could win it. But ultimately, you know, after so, you know, a lot of the players looking good and then bringing Williams in and, and that making them even stronger, there's no argument there. That signing made them stronger. Ultimately ended the season trophyless because they bottled it against Ulkr. Yeah. Yeah. So... Really, not good enough for a team of of Warrington's stature, um, especially when they were looking like these are definitely going to win some silverware this year. Yeah. So, for me, um, I think a six out of ten. I'd give them a seven, just because they made the the Challenge Cup semis, they beat the top two in the league, etc. Um, disappointed with the and playoffs. I get that. I understand that, but um, I've sort of based this off. But they didn't win anything. Mm. You'll get a trophy for beating Catalan away. No, no. But I can. No. Well, that's that's my score. Fair, well, that is what it is. Next year, it'll be different again with Daryl Powell coming in. They've already signed 
Oliver Holmes and Peter Matautia. So mm-hmm. again, they'll look and Peter Matautia will give them much more value than Greg English did anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> who'd have thought that? I know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and then finally, yeah. I was going to say last but not least, but it's just last. Yeah. Wigan. Yeah. Um, well, they brought in John Bateman, come back to the club, and Jai Field. Well, Jai Field's season couldn't have got much worse because he only lasted 20 minutes before he got injured and was out for about six months or something, wasn't oh, it? sounded a nasty injury, that. Yeah, happened. it wasn't nice to watch, was he, like, it? He, ripped the hamstring off the bone or something. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, and... and Oh. And Bateman was poor as well throughout the season. Yeah. Um, nothing like the Bateman in the NRL or, or in prior going to the NRL. Yeah. Um, Bevan French had big injuries as well and didn't play a lot this season. Um, and, and, and a lot of question marks left, I think, at the end of Wigan's season. Yeah. Lamb's gone. Uh, Jackson Aston is gone. The way that they were they were they were playing the 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 attack the style they were playing they had loads of halves of games where and, they didn't score and yet everybody was predicting them to finish first or second yeah. and carrying on from where they yeah. left off in that that grand final. Well, if you think about it, they were a, they were a drop goal hit in the post and a bounce away from perhaps winning the grand final in twenty twenty. So well, to, if Zach Arde, to where they'd slipped, Zach Arde could have got that penalty conversion. Yeah, they'd have probably won that match. Yeah. And then you think about where they'd slipped to last year and the, the style and everything yes, yeah. woeful. And, and no no Challenge Cup run, really. No, and I just think... You well, know, somehow I, managed to finish fourth in the league. Don't yeah. know how they managed that because they shouldn't have even been in the playoffs the way they were playing. They looked at one point like they might completely miss out and then yeah. they dragged themselves together for the last few games, didn't they? Yeah, so... And then at that point, everyone's going, oh, they could still win this now. Mm. Um and I think for 2022, they'll look at having uh, Field and French mm. on the pitch together a lot more often and see how that goes for them, won't they? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they'll improve them, and they've already signed a couple of props, haven't they? From yeah. them. I can't remember who they are. I don't think they've played many NRL games, but sometimes no. they can be the best signings. But it's I'd be a bit worrying for Wigan. I, I, I'd be a bit worried. I'd have to see who they bring in, and, and obviously rookie coach in, in yeah. Matt Pete. We'll, um, we'll get Gray's thoughts on that as well, I think. I'm sure he'll have plenty to say. <laughs> yeah. So you score for Wigan? Five. I'd give him a five. Just because they managed to finish fourth. If they yeah. hadn't finished fourth, I think that would have been a lot lower. Yeah, I think you're right. So. I think you're right. So I'll give him a five. So yeah. there we go. That's our, that's our scores on the doors and our review of each team in 2021. Definitely, yeah. And that brings us um, to our guest of the week. Um, and there's only one guest we could have for this week because with Saints winning Super League and uh, he's been on a few times this uh, this year, so he's sort of won the competition, Callum, hasn't he, for getting the uh, the last uh, the last guest of the year on the pod. <laughs> yeah. So, so Gray, welcome. Thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure. And and uh, obviously, congratulations on a on a fantastic season. Yeah, it wasn't too bad, was it? Um, started slowly. I think we had our reservations about what was going to happen, but I think it's got better and better as the um, second half went on. Um, I had a great day at Wembley. Had a good night at Old Trafford. Can't really ask for any. Can't really ask for any more, can you? No, not at all. Um, and you know, just on that, I mean, Saints. 
Um, obviously winning the, uh, the the three peat now, three in a row. Can they go for four, Gray? How how um, how well equipped are they to go for four? Because there's big changes ahead next year. Um, uh, they'll be favourites. Um, everybody around Saints has probably got an issue bigger than any issues that Saints have got, in my opinion. If you think of the closest contenders. Um, Catalan, how are they going to deal without Maloney? Um, Warrington are just, you know, an enigma. How are they going to deal with anything? You know, Wigan are an absolute mess from as far as I'm concerned. Leeds would have to improve massively and, you know, Hull KR would have to improve massively. So if, if Saints have got any issues that may mean they dip slightly, I think everybody else has got issues that means they'll dip slightly as well. So mm. um, I wouldn't be surprised if Saints are in the grand final again next year. So it all depends on, on how that gap closes, doesn't it, with certain teams, I suppose. Saints might be even better next year. You never know. I mean, I'm, I'm really intrigued as to how Wellsby steps up, how Dodd steps up, how some of the new signings do. I mean, Coot's injured. Maybe it was the best time to let Coot go. Maybe he was going to slow down next year. Maybe maybe Saints improve on him or improve on the style of play with um, some younger players in pivotal positions. I mean, Saints could get even better. Who knows? Yeah. I'm yeah. really looking forward to seeing that uh, Curtis Simonon because all the all the Manly fans are saying what a player, but just can't you know never been fit. So if Saints can keep him fit, I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, I, I think I think the second half of the year is really encouraging. I mean, I, I always thought Saints were going to be near or there or thereabouts. I thought you know it was more the style of play for me, and I think the style of play has improved, and I think there's there's real. It's stupid to say optimism. Obviously, after you've just won your third league title, there's, there's, there's room for optimism in terms of the style of play and the excitement levels week on week for Saints next year. I think I think it could be even better next season. Yeah, mm. no, you're right. You've just mentioned great Saints arch rivals Wigan down the road. What's what's happening? I, I, or, I don't or know. What's, I, or what's not happening? <laughs> I've been reading all the stuff about the stadium and the you know silly stuff, the, the rivalry between Wigan Athletic and um, Wigan Rugby League Football Club. And, you know, it's 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 funny because you can be a Saints fan and kind of laugh at Wigan, but we, we've discussed all year how is Rugby League going to punch its weight. And you, you can't punch your weight with, with Wigan so far off what they should be in terms of crowds, in terms of players. There's obviously financial issues. There's uh, there's issues with the stadium. I, I you know, I, I, I want Wigan to be kind of, punching their weight and for Saints to then beat them. That's that's the ideal for me. I, I want to beat the best Wigan. I want to be ahead of the best Wigan. I want the rivalry to be massive. I want Wigan to be doing really, really well and I want Saints to be doing just a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> for this, for this, it's just it's, you know, that they're they're so far off where they should be. It's 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 actually quite bad for the game in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, we we talked a little bit then about um teams having to improve who who do you see then for next season as um, Saints' biggest challenges? Um, I think I think Catalan have done enough this year that they can withstand losing Maloney, bringing players through. I think I think something's happened there this year that will will go into next year. I think there's an optimism and a an energy there that I think they'll take into next year. I think they'll be really hard to beat at home. And one thing with Catalan this year is that they've developed a really good away record and they've and they've they've coped in really bad situations in terms of the the pandemic and how many away games they've had to play in and in situations where they possibly could have been excused for losing games and they've won them and that'll hold them in really good stead for next year. So I think Catalan are a top two, top three team, um, if they do what they did this year and 
handle handle themselves throughout the year. <sighs> no idea about Warrington. I just couldn't tell you. Um, they should be. Warrington should be a rival. Um, Leeds might be a little bit better. And I, I'm really interested in Hull KR. I think, um, you know, I, I've had a little laugh about Hull KR and a 50% win record and being a game away from the grand final. But their improvement year on year was was really, really good. And in the second half of the year, they were they were one of the best teams to watch. And Tony Smith's done a good job with them. They can push on a little bit more and win, you know, three or four games that they lost this year and turn that into a, a really nice record. Then they can push for top four. They've got a lot going for them in terms of the the crowds and the atmosphere there and some of the little stuff they've done on match days around the stadium. I think that's a I think Hulk are a club to look out for next year. I think I think they're on the up and, and that's good to see because yeah, it's good. It it's good if it's good if both Hull clubs are doing well and Hull FC haven't really been doing that well. No. Hulk are kind of starting to get where they need to be and I think that's good for the game. Yeah, absolutely. Callum, who would you say that um biggest rivals to to Saints next season? <coughs> um Immediate thought is Catalans. Um, again, it, it, I think Grace, you know, it's 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 how we spoke about it earlier as well. Um, how how they carry on or into next season, having lost the likes of James Maloney and Cam Sam Tompkins, continue that that level of form. Um, but you would think Catalans, Warrington, again, um, are always sort of. Favorites, aren't they, at the beginning of every year, or or up there? But but with the you know the the Williams signing, I think really improved him, and having Powell in, um, Oliver Holmes and Matauti, I, I expect Warrington to be up there as well. Um, so I think them are the, the 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 two main ones. I'm a little bit worried for Wigan. Um, I think they need to to bring um, quite a few yeah. players in. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, I mean, we'll we'll discuss it and all these on all our preview things for next year, but our preview shows. But mm. um, it's just what what you see now, isn't it? I mean, at the minute, I see um, Saints' biggest biggest danger for next year. I, you know, I'm going to go against you both, and I think that's going to be Leeds. Mm. Yeah, but uh, um, I and mean, the, the, the the like we say, the players that they've signed in, uh, brought in uh, Austin Caesar, uh, Fusatua this yeah. week, so. Uh, they're looking quite good, uh, but you mentioned earlier, Gray, about stadiums and you know Wigan and their stadium and stuff, and uh, it, it's been a big thing, hasn't it, this season about about crowds. So, how do you think we get back to those pre-COVID levels and above? Um, the, the easiest way that I think you can do it, and it's it's not gonna it's not gonna be easy. I think the easiest way you're gonna do it is play more games on Saturday and Sunday afternoons. Because mm. I think I think one of the problems has been you've looked at football crowds and most games are on Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Mm. Gives people a lot of time to get away from the stadium to kind of relax. Kind of they're not in a rush. If you're coming out of a rugby league stadium at ten o'clock on a Friday night, you're in a rush. Everyone's kind of piling on trains and buses and car parks. And I think a lot of people have been a little bit nervous about that. And I think it might be one of the reasons why the grand final crowd wasn't as big as it was, because some people probably didn't like the thought of coming out of Old Trafford in the dark at eight o'clock, having to cram onto trams. Mm. You play more, you play more games on a Saturday and Sunday afternoon that finish at five o'clock and it's still light and gives people a bit more of an opportunity to kind of get to the ground in a, you know, you're not rushing home from work either or, you know, getting the kids tea ready and then having to rush over, play more games on Saturday and Sunday afternoons, I think would probably 
do the world of good. It's not ideal because lots of clubs want to play Friday nights for the hospitality, and there's obviously going to be games switched for Sky. You can't help that, but I would um, I would try and see if you can play more games Saturday and Sunday. I think that would be better, especially for older fans and you know for families that want to go to games as well, who may be a bit worried about taking their kids if their kids have been in school that week, and there's issues about. Um, how you can pass this stuff on. So I think weekend games will be a, a start. Mm, it's even worse on a Thursday as well. Everybody has to get up on a Friday and go to work. So, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think Saturday and Sunday games um, yeah. feel a little bit more relaxed as well as yeah. a supporter, don't Great. you, like Gray says. Yeah. So, yeah. Gray, how excited are you about Toulouse coming into Super League? Really, really, really excited. I am. Um, I, I don't think people actually appreciate how big Toulouse is as a city. It's absolutely, you know, this is this is like a city the size of Leeds. This is, you know, the potential is huge there. And I watched the um, the game against Featherstone. I was really encouraged by the crowd and the atmosphere. And you know, I thought this is this is a lower this is a lower division. So mm. once you get into the top division, and you know, a few more people maybe jump onto the, the bandwagon, so to speak, like they did with Catalan. You know, this is this is this is a club that's going to get five-figure crowds. It's probably going to have one of the best four or five average crowds over the season if they can <clears throat> do the business on the pitch. Obviously, you know, we're not thinking they're going to be top three or four, but if they can kind of be an average team next year and kind of, you know, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, be strong at home, and you know, look like they're a competitive mid-table side, then I, I think that's huge. And and I've said to you, I, you know. Catalan versus Toulouse, and that's a game I want to go to. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm more intrigued about doing that than watching Saints in Catalan or Toulouse. I'm, I'm really intrigued as to how that will be. I think that will be one of the, the games of the season, one of the two games of the season yeah. when those two play each other. I think it's really, I think it's really good actually. How, how long do you think it would take Toulouse <laughs> to be, let's, let's say, competitive at the top end of the table? If they spend to the salary cap and they can do exactly what Catalan did and attract players who, you know, are going for the lifestyle, going for the weather, other issues, then I don't think it would take them that long. I think you're talking you know, single-figure years. Mm. Yeah, in a shorter space of time than, mm. than Catalans have had, I think. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Definitely. Um, what about, um, for looking ahead, Gray, what about the uh, the World Cup in 2022? Will it go ahead? Um, I, I remember the podcast we did a while ago, and I said if it didn't happen, then you know we're, we're admitting that we've um, you know rugby league's dying in this country, and blah 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 blah. And then it didn't happen, and I thought that was probably quite an over over the top statement I made. But um, I'd definitely come back to that statement if it doesn't happen next year. Um, I think the World Club Challenge is not going to happen. I don't think Penrith are going to come over for those reasons. But the Ashes is on, and they've made a massive issue in Australia about the English cricket team coming over, which is just amazing hypocrisy from them. Mm. Um, I think it'll go ahead. I think hopefully by this time next year, things will have sorted themselves out. And I, th- I think the financial pressure and the governmental pressure that will be put on them to make it happen next year after you know, giving them this year off, so to speak, I think will be too much. And I, I, yeah, I think it'll happen. Um, whether it's going to be as big next year as it would have been this year, who knows? Mm. And then I think a really interesting thing is that we're only three years away from the next World Cup, which is in France. So with the with the, yeah. uh, with the boost in French rugby league at the moment, that that'll be an even further uh, feather in the cap, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, and there's no reason why that can't be a really good success if they pick the venues properly and they they really do prioritise the south of France and um, and places there. I just wanted to come back and say one more thing in terms of like weekend rugby. I think one of the things that we could do next year is ensure that Toulouse and Catalan don't play many Friday night games when they're playing away from home. Mm. I would I would say to all clubs, when Toulouse and Catalan are in town, make those games Sunday afternoon games. Yeah. Make them massive big days. Make them family days. Put the women's game on beforehand. Make the Catalan and Toulouse games big Sunday afternoon games and try and attract as many people as you can. Because we heard the reports about, you know, if, if the clubs had their way, they wouldn't want to lose in Super League because of the loss of the Hobbs hospitality and away fans. Make that gap up by bringing people into the ground. Make them big, massive Sunday afternoon games when Toulouse and Catalan. And I'd say that to every single club. And Sky, I would say to Sky, limit yourselves. Only pick Catalan and Toulouse and away games two or three times over the year. Don't pick them for the TV games on the Friday nights. Leave them alone and clubs play these play these two teams on a Sunday afternoon and bring fans in, make them big days, and then boost your revenue with bigger attendances like that. Don't worry about the away fans. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the hospitality you'll use lose on a Friday. Think about all the money you can bring in and all the fans you can bring in by having weekend games. That would be my idea for those two teams. I think that's absolutely spot on. I think that's a great idea, yeah. Yeah. Well, great. Finally, I just want to ask you. Because all that time ago, when, when you first came on the pod, if you remember, we 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 first spoke to you because of the, um, um, if we call it the, the lobbying letter that um, um, that you and a number of fans had had, uh, had wrote, yeah. um, and we talked about uh, we talked about fan action, um, things like that. Where where do you want, or where does that stand, and where do you want that to go? And we we put it on the back burner, didn't we? And one of the reasons why I did it at the start of the season is because you get you get caught up in the week to week games, and you you can't really do anything that's kind of very proactive when games are on because you know your main your main concern is how your team are doing, the league table, all this stuff. And so once we got into the season, I kind of you know I chatted with you two about it, but it was very much a you know this can't really go much further while the season's on because people have bigger priorities and people don't want to know about it. Yeah. And now we've got to the end of the season and we've got a nice nice gap of three months. I think it's probably good to try and revisit it okay. and try and have a look and see how many of my questions are answered by anybody over the season, whether it's directly to me or indirectly. Um, how many of the things that I possibly requested or asked questions on, how many of them have been actioned? How many have how many things have changed over the course of the season that may have been as a result of me or other people asking questions. So then that's probably the easiest thing to do. See how many of the things have actually been done or an answer has been given. The answer will probably be quite low, I imagine. So the idea, don't do it again. Don't write the letter again. But, you know, if I may, you know, people listen to this, you know, you've got a good audience. Um, This is really highly rated. People really like the work that you do. You know, why don't we just say to people now, if you're listening to this, if you read the letter or if you think that things can improve in the game and you want to get involved, why don't you drop us a line in whichever way that you two decide that that line should be. Yeah. And if we can get, you know, a decent amount of people who drop us a line and say, yeah, count me in, then maybe we can do something in the off-season. Maybe we can organize this better. Maybe we can get more people involved and maybe we can go to the right people. Yeah. And maybe by the time we start next season, Maybe we'll have had some answers, and maybe we can organize organize ourselves better, and you know, 
at least try to build on the stuff that I and the other 40 people wrote and did. Um, it seems like such a long time ago, eight months ago, whenever it was. Yeah, brilliant. That sounds a perfect way to end. Callum, we're up for that, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah. So you, 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 you would have to decide how that is because I mean I'm happy with them contacting me, but it's probably better that they contact you because you've got the official podcast and you know people have been listening to you all year and kind of like you and trust you and know it's going to an official thing as opposed to just a person. But I'll I'll let you decide how you think that's the best way to do it. Okay, we'll have a chat about that off air and then we'll uh, we'll take that cool. forward on our um, on our social media, can't we, Callum? Absolutely, yeah, brilliant, great. So, Gray, once again. Um, Thank you, and um, I suppose it's it's, it's really, like really fitting that you're the last one on. You were the first guest we had on, and now you're the last one of the season. So uh, thank you for all the all your uh, efforts and all your time that you've spent with us uh, joining us this season. No, thank thank you for giving a, a loud mouth a voice, and um, people seem to have um, been quite appreciative of it. So um, and you know, really well done on what you've done this year, and I hope it grows and grows into 2022 and beyond. Thanks, Gray. Cheers, Gray. Thank you. Much appreciated. We, like Andy says, you know, thanks for coming on and, and, you know, having some great chats with us throughout the season. And uh, we look forward to many more in 2022. Me too. Brilliant. Thanks, Gray. Cheers. Sp- thanks. Speak soon. Bye, bye. Bye, bye. Some great thoughts there. Yeah. And, it's uh, always nice to, to talk to Gray and yeah. I like his Saturday and Sunday's ideas and. Um, yeah, it's a big one, know, that, especially with Toulouse and Catalan. Yeah, so. I agree. And um, like I said, we'll 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 start having to think about this this fan action and start hopefully putting something together, can't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I think finally for the the last official season podcast, if you like, um, just we just wanted to run through some of our sort of winter plans and what we're trying to do for for you know next season. Um, and we'd love to get people's thoughts if if there's anything we've missed or any ideas on on everything that we say now and to just to keep helping us improve. Um, but really, for for next season, you know, we are really sort of desperate for t- for two fans per team. I think, aren't we? To share the load. Yeah, to to share the load. You know, we would we we want at least one person from each team don't we yeah. but uh, ideally we would like two fans per per team and we've had some we've had some brilliant uh, fan guests this season yeah you some know brilliant uh, spokespeople for um, for for their teams this season and you know thank you to one and all for those people that have contributed yeah absolutely um and you know we've we've had Brian a couple of times um, i know he's not necessarily affiliated with the, the, the team the fans yeah. From six if you again. like, so yeah. yeah, from six again. Um, but but you know, thanks to Bry for, um, especially the uh, the end of season awards yeah. show that went down a treat. And he's planning something else for next year, isn't yes. he? Yes. Uh, so while we're on Bry, uh, he's planning on um, helping us jo- and do our predictions league. Uh, so really, we need a fan from each team to try and do our predictions league as well, don't we? Yeah, I think we'll keep it low key. It'll be it'll be us uh, and Bry, and then it'll be somebody each week representing the fans. I think. Yeah, and whether hopefully. that's a, an East West type thing, I'm Ooh, not yeah. sure. So, Ooh, good one, a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. East of the Pennines fan and West of the Pennines fan. Yeah, yeah, I like that. like that. And then uh, hopefully somebody representing the uh, uh, the pros, shall we say? 
each week. Hopefully, yeah. So um, we're also trying to get more interviews, whether that be ex-players, background staff, uh, women's players, yeah. anybody you know from from all sorts of walks of life in rugby league. We we trying to uh, get on and do more interviews and, and and talk to different people and away, away from the norm as well. I think. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, and you know. Hopefully, World Cup goes ahead next season. I know it's a bit more into the future this time next year, but hopefully the World Cup is going ahead and we'll be doing some special World Cup podcasts, won't we? Yeah, hopefully um, we'll be podding all the way through it. Hopefully, I think we're going to try and sneak into a few games with a, a camera and try and get some behind-the-scenes action, I think, out not we? Yeah, that'd so, be great, wouldn't it? So, yeah, whether we do some, some YouTube stuff um, for, for our regular podcast as well, it's something that we're going to have a chat about, but... Um, Obviously, we'd like to get your opinions, your ideas, anything you want to see or hear or change. Let us know, and and, and hopefully we can uh, build and build on on what's been really an extraordinary season for us. Because the you know the number we keep an eye on the numbers of downloads and whatnot for, throughout the season, and yeah, it, thank you we to didn't really expect this. I didn't know what to expect, but I didn't expect the the numbers we've been getting. Um, so you know. Thank you from from both of from both of us yeah. uh, to everybody who's listened and, and stayed with us and supported us from throughout the season. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, just echo that. Just thanks to the the uh, contributors. Um, thank you to um, everybody that's helped. Thank you to Bobby for his stats. Yes. Um, who we ran out of time for tonight, unfortunately. But he'll be back. He'll be back for the November pod, won't he? He will. Um, and uh, most of all, thank you to you for listening. And thank you to you for all your messages and support uh, all the way through this season. Yeah. Um, so I think until mid-November, that is goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me.